Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote-unquote summer body, as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes, and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hi, Feisties. Our favorite women's health specialist, Dr. Carla DiGirolamo, is on the podcast today. I am so excited to share this with you. Carla and I discuss all things strength training, in particular, what we need to think about during the various phases of our lives, from puberty to the reproductive years to menopause and later in life as well. Carla and I also share a love of CrossFit. I tried not to go down too many CrossFit rabbit holes with her, and we discuss the benefits of CrossFit training from her perspective as a doctor. I'm also a deep believer that if we truly understand the benefits of something, we will continue to do that thing or set that habit for the rest of our lives. And so I use this time with Carla to sort of take a deep dive into some of the benefits of strength training so that as much for myself as for um, you all, so that when we're tempted to maybe go off track or stop or when we uh, have excuses for not starting a strength training program, we might think twice um, once we hear what all the benefits are from the expert herself. 
And what an expert she is. Carla is a double board certified obstetrician, gynecologist, and reproductive endocrinologist who specializes in the care of reproductive age and midlife women. She has over, over 18 years of experience practicing as a fertility specialist and more recently as a menopause health specialist. Carla is also an endocrine consultant for Wild Health. She's been featured in Boston Magazine's top doctors in the Boston area for, get this here, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. As a pioneer in women's performance endocrinology, her focus is on optimizing physical performance in women and high-performance professionals and female athletes of all ages. Carla and I had a lot of fun working on the recently launched Strong course powered by Prevenex. It is a comprehensive course for women who want to level up their strength training, and that course is now on sale until September 1st uh, for the first cohort that starts on September 5th, and we will put that link in the show notes for you. Carla is one of my fave experts in the Feistyverse, and I know you'll learn from her as well. Hi, Carla. It is so good to have you here today. Oh, it's great to be here, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited because actually the day that we're recording is the first day that we launched our new course, Strong, that you are a part of. Um, I, How do you feel about the, the course being out in the world now? I am so excited about it. Um, I had so much fun making it. I think the content is so incredibly relevant and so creative. You have the best experts who contributed to it. I'm really super, super excited about it. Yeah. And one of those experts is you. And I am going to ask you a little bit. We're going to ask you a little bit about some of the course content. But, you know, I've been asking everyone um, the last week or so, like if we get into a conversation with a woman, I'm always like, When's the first time that you started to strength train or heard about strength training? I was I was in high school. I was 15. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um my father was a semi-professional football player. Oh, and I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, this is way back in like 1950s when he came back from World War II. Um, he played semi-pro football before he joined the police force. And my father wasn't a big guy. And, uh, neither, and I'm not a big person either. And so I was very much into sports and my father said, you know what, you got to compensate for your size. And the way you compensate for your size is you got to get out there and lift weights. And so it was your dad. It was my dad. Yeah. It was my, it was my, my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. my mother was horrified, uh, (laughs) you know, cause this was the 1980s when, uh, you know, women didn't do these kinds of things Mm -hmm. regularly. And, you know, I was the only 15 year old girl in the gym with all these, you know, big burly guys, but I I made friends with them all and, and it was great. And, you know, um, so my dad really, really got me started. And I remember I was 15 first time I walked into a gym. Wow, that's so interesting. And then when, like, I, I do find it interesting the how women come to lifting, because especially like the further, the older that we are, <laughs> the kind of, the stories get a little bit more patchy. And, <laughs> and some people have like never even been to a gym, you know, and that would be also be kind of like a normal path in that, in like different generations. Um, but I, when did you start, like, when did you learn about the barbell itself? Oh, it, at that time, um, when oh, I was wow. in high school. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. learned at that time. Um, there were really good trainers at the gym that I was at. And my brother um, was a bodybuilder. Uh, he wasn't professional. He's was recreational, but he was very much into bodybuilding. And so I learned a lot from him as well. Um, so yeah, at a very young age, I was, you know, I was, I was accustomed to the weight room and I was accustomed to, you know, supplements and, and, uh, you know, strength training, things like that. Cool. Lucky you. And did they, did your dad or brother, did someone help you um, put together sort of a periodized program to make you stronger at that time? I don't think back then they knew what periodized programs were. Right. It was basically (laughs) go in there, 
do bench press. And then when you can add weight, add weight, uh, right. maybe do, you know, it was back in the day when, okay, you do chest and triceps or you do back and biceps, you know, you pair these things up and, and the physique athletes, they still train this way. Um, but I think for sport and for other types of, um, recreational activities, training is very different now. Um, but back then, you know, everybody kind of stuck to that, you know, physique athlete sort of paradigm of, of weight training. And, and I did get stronger, you know, um, just because I was doing it regularly and, um, you know, progressive overload, I think is always something that's existed. And, and that's what, that's what I would do. It wasn't really a formal program, but, you know, I kind of picked up what I could from whoever was around me and, and that's, that's, and off I went. Right. Yeah, I've been thinking a bit about, you know, my experience as well. And I had forgotten that I did actually go to the gym with my dad as well when I was younger. And but I just used to tag along with him. And there was a lot of like Nautilus machines involved in my first in my introduction to strength training, right? Like yep. a lot Absolutely. of like adjusting things to try to make my small limbs like fit into these <laughs> machines. You know. I remember that well. Yeah. And then I, the other thing I remember is from high school and um, I'd be curious what it was like in your high school, but I do remember the boys doing, I went to three different high schools, but the one that was in Canada, the boys doing weight training um, and we did archery instead of the same unit. Oh, so wow. Yeah. 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 We were doing home economics. Um, so Nothing against home economics. I learned how to sew. I became a surgeon and then it was very successful, um, it was very helpful. But yeah. yeah, when when my counterparts are out there weightlifting, that's that's what they had us doing. But, you know, I went I went to the gym that wasn't associated with my high school. I did it outside of school. Um, so that's that's how I got myself in there. And did you do home economics while well, the boys did something different or did everybody do home economics? Oh, no, the boys would do something different. Oh, okay. Back, back then it was, you know, this is what the girls did. And um, I, I actually, I did take a shop class. I did okay. take a shop class and I, I enjoyed, I made a birdhouse. I made all kinds of things. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, weight training um, in high school, you know, with the high school, that wasn't something that you did when you as a female and I mean I played high school sports I played volleyball I played softball but we never were in the gym ever um and nowadays it's so refreshing to see the high school girls and the, and the young college girls in there um but back then that's not the way it was yeah I love that it's changing oh me too me too totally and have you been lifting since in some fashion doing strength training since 15 well it's interesting what happened um, when I was, you know, a few years into it, late teens, early twenties, you know, a friend of mine, a male friend of mine who was just a friend, but someone I cared about, um, made a comment to me. I was, you know, rocking out my squats one day and he says, you know, your legs are getting big. Mm. And I was, I was absolutely taken back by this. You know, I am a younger female and someone just told me that my legs were getting big someone I cared about, whose opinion I cared about. And after that, and this is no lie, I did not deliberately strength train for legs for decades because I was afraid my legs were too big and I couldn't have that. So I started doing step aerobics and, you know, aerobics was big back then. And I would focus more on upper body. And I am a very upper body dependent athlete. And for decades, literally, I did not deliberately do any strength training for my legs. And now I'm 53, I'm menopausal, and I'm paying for it. Uh, and, um, and I'm angry about it, um, that I that I caved to the status quo and the stigmas back when I was younger. And because it's hard right now, my max bench press and my max front squat are the same. So I'm not yeah. the only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I don't feel so alone now either. But um, but yeah, I have some major catching up to do. Um, you know, so I do. It, it pangs me. It, it pulls at me. It tugs. It tugs at me. And it, it kind of fuels the mission that, you know what, I want to help the younger generation not make the same mistake. 
I, I want to help women in my age group not make the same mistake. You know, don't sit there and think you're going to get too bulky. You need to get bulky when you're in menopause because your muscle is starting to decline because your hormones are changing. You need to do that if you're going to stay strong, if your metabolism is going to stay healthy, um, and if you're going to, you know, want to be physically active well into your 80s and 90s. So that's kind of how my strength training took a turn was, you know, it was this one comment. I remember where it was, when it was, who it was, mm -hmm. and it really impacted me negatively. But, you know, I would still do, I would do upper body strength training. Um, never got any bad comments. I always used to get compliments on my upper body, my arms and everything else aesthetically. But, um, and I always played sports that had an upper body component. You know, I played softball. I, I pitched. I played shortstop, so there was a lot of throwing. I played um, competitive recreational tennis, so the swing and racket. So there was a lot of upper body stuff that I naturally did. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I was. And then I joined CrossFit when I was 45. And that's when I took my fitness to a whole new level. And that's when I really started deliberately doing squats and deadlifts and lunges and really realized, oh my God, there's a deficiency here. That's, that's when I realized just how much catching right. up I had to do was when I started doing CrossFit. And uh, thankfully I've been doing CrossFit now for about seven years. And I, I am the I am a better athlete now than I was in my 20s and 30s, and I'm a much more well-rounded athlete now. Um, so, yeah, I eventually figured it out. Um, so better late than never, I guess. Yeah, it's a, that's so interesting. We have this CrossFit thing in common, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just it. got your level one. You just got your level one. I, yeah, I, I got my L1, although I do not use it for anything <laughs> just yet. Um, but like, what are some of the things that you think, like, let's talk about CrossFit for a second, because I think that there's sometimes people think that CrossFit is a strength program, um, which I tell a lot of triathletes, actually, it's not. And if you want to get stronger for triathlon or for cycling, you know, don't go to CrossFit because there's a whole bunch of other things you're doing there as well, besides the strength training. But what are some of the things that like CrossFit really does well? I think what CrossFit does better than any strength pro program out there is it stimulates the nervous system and it stimulates adaptation. So when you mix together an endurance activity, so say like an 800 meter run, and then you come in, if your segment is like you do a 400 or even an 800 meter run, you come in and then do 10 deadlifts. You are having, your body needs to switch from one energy system to the next. So you got your energy system that's more utilizing oxygen. That's what you're using on the run. That's your like oxidative system. And then you come in. Now, all of a sudden, you've got these, these deadlifts you have to do. That you have to flip now to the glycolytic system that is using glucose as fuel. And it's a more explosive, short-term, uh, high-intensity movement. So you're, when your body has to flip between these energy systems rapidly, that is a great stimulus to improve strength and improve endurance at the same time. So it's really efficient and it really helps you make gains in fitness. And then the other thing that's great about CrossFit is everything varies. You know, you may not see the same workout for two or three months. And or years. So, yeah, for or years, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, but somehow, like if you do say Fran, that you know, the, the the it's a it's a crossfit benchmark workout, it's um, I believe it's pull-ups and thrusters, and it's a quick workout, but and it's a very intense workout. You could do Fran, you know, like one time and then not do it again for another year and do CrossFit all in between, and then somehow your Fran time gets better the second better. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And it's because of everything else that CrossFit has done in between there. It keeps the muscles guessing. It's constantly varied, high intensity. It's constantly varied functional movement at high intensity is the definition. Right. And, and the varying in intensity, the varying in movements keeps the body guessing, keeps the nervous system, you know, on, on call, so to speak. And that's where fitness happens. Fitness is adaptation. And that's what CrossFit does better than any other program out there, I think. Gets a pretty bad rap for um, injury. It right? does. It, it um, does. And how do we prevent that? 
Well, first of all, I would debate that it's even true that CrossFit has more injuries than others. I remember I went to uh, a conference where someone actually dug into the data and um, Mm. arguably running has more uh, danger, you know, more injury prevalence than CrossFit does. I believe um, that. I mean, having yeah. been around runners and CrossFitters, you know, quite a right. lot in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, people can get heart attacks and die, you know, out on a run. I don't think anyone has ever died doing a box jump. You know, I, I think you feel like you're going to die when you've yeah. done some of these workouts, but <laughs> my shin died one time. But <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. All of ours have, I've been there. So, so yeah, I mean, I would debate that that that's even true. Um, Now, just like any sport, if you have a good coach that keeps you safe and mechanically sound, you're not going to get injured. If you have poor coaching and there are poor CrossFit coaches, there are poor running coaches, there are poor strength coaches, you're going to get hurt no matter what you're doing. You go downhill skiing, you could, you know, hit a tree, just be the best skier in the world and have an accident. So I really debate that point that CrossFit has any more prevalent injuries than other sports. I mean, there are other sports out there that are life-threatening, but rarely does. Do Do you hear about that in CrossFit? Yeah. And you said you're a better athlete now than you ever were as a young Without person. Without a doubt. Without yeah. A doubt. How, do, how do you, like, how do you quantify that? Like, what do you, what, what precisely do you mean when you say better athlete? I am more well-rounded than I ever was. I can do more things. I have a much broader ability to adapt to, you know, what's thrown in front of me. Like if someone asked me to run a 5k, I could. I couldn't do that when I was 45. I couldn't do that when I was 30. When I came to CrossFit at 45, I couldn't run a mile without stopping. It was a very, it was very deficient uh, part of my fitness. And because everything I've ever done has been more sprint related, but ask me to run a mile and oh my God, it all falls apart. So right now, you know, I've been training that. And this is what CrossFit teaches you to do, to train your weaknesses so that you can be more well-rounded. And now if someone said, okay, the workout today is run a 5k, I could go out and do it. Mm -hmm. I'd be slow, uh, but I can do it without stopping. Um, And so, you know, I can do things that I couldn't do way back, way back when I do more yoga. Now I have much better body control. Now I can do a headstand. I never could do that when I was in my thirties. Um, you know, I can get on a rower and, you know, I can, I can row a sub nine minute, um, 2k, uh, you know, couldn't do that when I was in my twenties. I didn't even know how to row when I was in my twenties. Right. So double unders, handstand pushups. I can do all those things. Olympic lifting. I never could do that when I was uh, younger. It was all squats, bench press or whatever else. So, I can do more things. And there are some things that I do do better now than I did when I was in my 30s, like running and and other, you know, body control types of activities. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to go back to your story about your the unfortunate, your unfortunate friend who told you that um, your legs were getting too big. You know, I, I think as women, we've all had experiences like that, like either just observing that society doesn't want us to take up too much space or be too big or too strong um or from like people telling us directly like don't lift you'll get too bulky i even recently had like someone i was on a date with be like well this crossfit stuff's great you look good but don't get too big right <laughs> like yeah but we're not having a second date <laughs> you know yeah um yeah, but oh, like, totally. yeah what do you tell like what would you tell someone who had that concern my husband said this to me like a year ago. And yes, yeah, right? My husband. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, my most beautiful self is my fittest, strongest, fastest self. And I said, if that means that my legs look like Arnold Schwarzenegger's, then so be it. And you're just going to have to live with it. Right. Um, and that was the last time he ever made a comment like that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, I wish I could get that big. I'm Mm -hmm. really trying to get big and it's just really hard at this stage of life. I wish, I wish I could make it so, but it is such a misconception that, you know, a 50, 60 year old woman is, is afraid to do Russian twists because, oh my God, it's going to make my, it's going to make my abdomen get thick. Right. Yeah. No, it's not because you just don't have that capacity to build muscle that easily when you're in that age group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think there's so many misconceptions out there among men and among women about the effects of strength training, um, especially at different stages of life. Yeah. And I think like the misconception is on is in, is twofold, right? Like, first of all, even younger women, it is difficult to get big. <laughs> right like it's not yeah, it's sure. not like you're gonna start you're not gonna do one bench press and have huge arms like it just doesn't work like that you have to work really really hard even if you're young to um increase your muscle mass um but then also what's wrong with being big <laughs> right so like right like we right. need to deconstruct this thing like from the top down and bottom up right and i think and i do think that society's changing in that way in terms of like being like more I don't know, in terms of valuing a little bit more like female physical strength. Yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, what what is aesthetically favorable for women, if you have that view now, if you you know have the prototypical female now, she looks a lot different than she did in the 1980s. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing because more and more women are in the gym training for this sport or whatever else. And I think finally, you know, people are looking like, wow, you know, she really looks good. She looks fit. She looks healthy. And we are, thank God, moving away from that sickly skinny idea of the seventies and eighties, because that just wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And it still isn't, you know, I have, a lot of clients who are in that midlife phase, you know, over 50, who are just really struggling, you know, to, to, to keep that that thin is in. Because what happens is, you know, we're in this age group, we start to see the body composition changes, which are naturally happening. And then what happens is you you have a flashback and you flip back to that dysfunctional thinking of when you were in your 80s. Like, oh, my God, I got to be skinny. I got to be skinny. You just kind of revert right back there, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And um And it's unfortunate because those ideals are harmful for women's health, longevity, and fitness. It's harmful. And as we have learned so much more nowadays about fitness, nutrition, and muscle health, it it really, it gets under my skin a lot. It's like all of these things that society is ingraining in us is harming us, you know? Um, this whole idea that you can't be bulky, that you can't be big, that this isn't aesthetically pleasing, it's harming us because muscle wasting is real in our later phase of life. These are the things that cause bone fractures. These are the things that cause, um, you know, lack of independence and failing health. And it's just like, why is it that the ideal female body type has to be so counter to what the ideal healthy female type is and uh it's a challenge but it is getting better to your point i think it's not as bad as it was way back when in the 70s and 80s 80s even 90s yeah and it is getting better and we're like we're seeing it get better um and also we're helping it (laughs) get better right like by creating podcasts like this and courses like strong you know courses like my menopause health and fitness specialist course with medfit you know the whole idea is to educate uh providers trainers in general that look it's not what we thought it was long ago because you know i I still encounter coaches and trainers today that just they don't know you know we're we're just going by what was done in the past we're just going to keep doing it so I think everybody needs to be educated and, and courses like this and podcasts, and that's the way to go. And the great thing about tech and social media is we can get that out there much more effectively than we could many, many years ago. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So, think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So, I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. 
and I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. Let's talk about strong for a second. Um, you brought up life phases a couple times, you know, that as we age, we need to lift more. But and that was one of the things that we look to you for as our expert to sort of unpack like what women need at different phases of life for their strength training. So can you just um, give us a bit of a teaser or a few like a bit of helpful information for like the various life phases for us as women and what that might mean for our strength training? Sure. So this is, this was the module that really gets me excited as a reproductive endocrinologist, because, because women's hormones, the way we change throughout our life is so freaking amazing. And what the female body is capable of is so freaking amazing. And to be able to do this course and go through each of life's stages was just so fun for me. So we start with puberty, right? So puberty is going from reproductive quiescence to reproductive competence. That's the whole purpose of it. And so, you know, hormone axes turn on and boom, you wake up in a new body. <laughs> it's like you wake up with boobs, you, uh, you're growing, you know, you gain two or three inches, it seems like overnight, and you've got this new body that you are in. What is also changing is body composition. You're building more lean mass and you're also gaining uh, more total body fat. 
And so with all of these changing things, strength training is important to build stability. And also with puberty, the important thing is complex movements, proprioception and balance. It's like, and I said this in the course, it's like learning how to walk in high heels for the first time. You got this new body, you got to kind of figure out how to do it. And strength training is an important part of that because you want to help optimize that lean muscle mass that you're building naturally. And you want to protect your joints against injury. We know that teenagers and young women have a higher incidence of ACL tears. And so you want to build core strength. You want to build the strength around your joints to stabilize, um, to stabilize these things so that you can prevent injury. Um, so that's, that's puberty. That's kind of what we touch on there. Then we talk about uh, the reproductive phase. This is where women spend most of their lives. And this is when we're having menstrual cycles, et cetera. And so there's really interesting stuff. And I know you were at the Female Athlete Conference too, where there is a lot of talk about the menstrual cycle and impact on training and, and vice versa. You know, does it help to train with your menstrual cycle? We know there's physiological differences between the first phase before ovulation and the phase after. We know that. But when we put it all together, does it really make a difference in performance? And nobody really knows that. Right. Um, that is still a subject of study. And the reason why I think it's there's a struggle is because the menstrual cycle in that phase is very different for every woman. So... Mm-hmm. But regardless of whether it does make a difference or not make a difference, whether the studies show it or not, the fact is it's a tool. It may work for some women. It may work. It may not work for some women, but it's a tool that we have that we can try. Mm-hmm. And so in that part of of, uh, of module three, I think it is, we talk about what that looks like. What does strength training look like in these phases of the menstrual cycle? And, you know, what are some of the benefits of doing different types of things at different stages? So that's reproductive phase. We talk about pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy is probably the most physically amazing thing that a female can do. What that anyone can do, I would argue. So true. So true. I mean, there's a reason why females were tasked with this rather than men. Um, Because I know when my boys get a cold in my house, oh my God, you'd think the plague hit. But anyway, females were tasked with this for a reason because we have a tremendous ability to physically adapt. You know, when we're pregnant, our cardiovascular system, um, our cardiac output increases by 50%. Our chest cavity increases to accommodate, you know, our lung volumes because the baby is pressing underneath. Our bones, our ligaments change. Everything is changing and adapting. And women, even in poor health, can manage to do this seamlessly. So mother nature programmed this insane and incredible ability to adapt um, during pregnancy and, and to bounce back postpartum. And so we talk about in pregnancy as center of gravity changes, how to control things like that increase in abdo- intra-abdominal pressure. You know, if you're a power lifter and you're pregnant, you may need to breathe and brace a little bit differently um, so that you can minimize that increase in intra-abdominal pressure, which can separate the rectus muscles, which can put tension on the pelvic floor. So we talk a little bit about the awareness of that kind of physiology. Our joints also become more lax during pregnancy, and we need to be careful there. Postpartum, we, I honestly, I didn't know this until I started doing research for the course. So oh, wow. okay. I tell anybody, okay. there is a 5% loss in bone mineral density after you have a baby. Oh, and that I have not heard that either. Right. And, wow. that, and I, I found this in multiple places. So I double checked <laughs> okay. and that doesn't recover until 12 to 18 months after you deliver. So during that postpartum period, there is an increased risk of fracture. And when you breastfeed, that recovery takes longer because the baby's getting the calcium from the breast milk. So there's less calcium to go around. And you're not having regular menstrual cycles when you're breastfeeding typically, which means your bones aren't seeing as much estrogen and so therefore not building back uh, from the losses during pregnancy. So we talk a little bit about awareness of that and making sure that, okay, if I am a rock climber, I may need to train a little differently to try to prevent that, those fractures when I'm coming back to uh, to train. That's so, so, sorry, can I just interject? Because I, you know, I know so many female athletes who in various ways have had co- 
different types of stress fractures postpartum, right? And, you know, we've discussed this before and I always thought it was just a function of like the higher um, amount of like LEA that an mm-hmm. athlete will have during that, or like the higher potential for them to struggle with low energy availability during that period, because they, you know, because of the, um, because of breastfeeding and the extra calories that are, you know, being used there. And I never knew that you have, in addition to that, you, you're starting at a lower starting point with your bone density. That's crazy. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that'd be the case because pregnancy is such a high estrogen state. You've got so many hormones floating around, but you also have progesterone at a very high level during pregnancy, which is a very catabolic protein. And it probably is that way so that the baby can access more calcium and the stores of calcium the baby's accessing are from the the mom's bones. So that's how even despite a lot of estrogen swimming around, that's how we wind up in that deficit postpartum. And like you said, combined with low energy availability and all of those things, you know, that leads to that increase in fracture risk. So the postpartum and pregnancy module focuses on awareness, awareness of what's happening physiologically and, you know, how you individualize that to your specific sport and situation. And then we bring it full circle to menopause where we're, transitioning from reproductive competence back to reproductive quiescence. And Mm. so it's interesting because there's some things in um, training in menopause that are paralleled with puberty, um, especially in late menopause, where the nervous system isn't quite as adept at balance anymore. So you kind of got to go back to balance and proprioception in late menopause, especially um, to prevent falls and fractures. So you know, my my 93 year old mother always says she says, use it or lose it. And, you know, she walks around, she does laundry in my house. And, you know, I open the door and say, come on in, mom, you can, you can, you can clean the house, do whatever you want to do. But it's because she knows if she doesn't continue doing these high level functional activities, she's just going to decline. Um, and, you know, and that's what happens, you have to continue to be stimulating your your nervous system, muscles, bones, the whole system to maintain it and to continue thriving. Yeah, you know, it happened to me the other day. <laughs> this is like, it's interesting, because we talked about CrossFit earlier, but like, we were doing have you ever done like a wall facing handstand push up? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we were trying to do those for anyone who doesn't know. It's like you, you kind of like walk, you typically would like walk up the wall until your tummy is kind of almost against the wall and you're in a handstand position. And then you would start your handstand pushups. Well, the, the 20, 20 year olds that I was training with that day were like, oh, we're just going to, they're just like cartwheeled in. That's what they called it. Cartwheeled in to their, <laughs> to their handstand pushup. Oh, that's a riot. Yeah. And I just had this moment where I'm like, can I do a cartwheel? Like, I can't remember the last time I tried to do a cartwheel, right? And that's something that, like, I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, oh, it's starting to happen. Where, like, you know, I think even in my 30s, I would have been like, of course I can do a cartwheel, right? And would have just done it. And I had this question mark, you know? So I, like, very tentatively (laughs) tried. Turns out I can do a cartwheel. But I do notice, like, now, like, I'm 47. Like, I do notice that is starting, like where mm-hmm. there was a whole set of skills that I had that I just assumed that I continued to have for mm-hmm. a very long time. And generally that would play out like into my thirties and even my early forties. And now there's starting to be these question marks. Like, can I still do that? It's like, you just said, use it or lose it. Like now I'm like always cartwheel, like cartwheeling into my handstand pushups <laughs> because if I you stop doing that, it. yeah, I'm never, not that I like fully doing that many cartwheel handstand pushups to be clear but like you know if I stopped if I don't do that it will I won't be able to do it anymore yeah exactly and you know that has to do with just how the nervous system changes with aging as well and Mm. uh you know because it's 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 not just muscles it's not just bones it's this coordinated system um that's driven by the nervous system and uh it's it's equally important Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, and then, so I, oh, we, I had a question from one of um, our feisty, one of our feisties here, because she's having trouble uh, convincing her 20 and 30 year old um, friends that they should start lifting. So what do you say when I mean, we talked about midlife there a little bit about training with your cycle and that's in the course, but like, you know, 
when you're young, you kind of think I can do that. You know, I, I don't need to do that now. Or like, I don't need to do that yet because we're not losing muscle mass. We're not losing bone density yet. So what, what are the reasons why a 20 or 30 year old should start lifting? Well, I'll, 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 go, I'll go backwards a little bit here. I will talk about how you get them to do it. I have, <laughs> okay. I have a teenage son. He's 17. And the best way I was able to get him to start doing push-ups was to challenge him to push-ups and to do more than he could. So when his menopausal 53-year-old mother can do more push-ups than he can, that's pretty, um, pretty, pretty ego blowing. Um, and you know, my husband, <laughs> my, my husband, you know, the one that said that, you know, your, your legs better not get too big. He, he actually said to me, you know, don't, do you think you really ought to do that? And I said, yes, I do think I ought to do that because our son needs to work out. If he doesn't, you know, start working out more, he's, you know, he's he's going to fall into the, you know, general population of people who, you know, start to have diabetes and, you know, gain weight or whatever. I said, you know, I'm trying to teach him good habits and sometimes tough love is necessary. Mm -hmm. So if you are a CrossFitter and you're trying to get your child to CrossFit, I would say, okay, you know, race me down the street, or let's do some push-ups. How many pull-ups can you do? And they sometimes, you know, especially this generation that is just so, you know, immediate gratification, not really thinking about the future, but living in the moment, you know, they kind of need to know, oh my God, really? You know, it's just a new perspective. So I, I think work out with your with your kids, with your friends who are younger. And, you know, just maybe not do it so brazenly as I did it to my poor son. But when you do that, you know, people gain perspective. It's like, wow. You know, I know when I go to the CrossFit gym, I'll, I'll see, you know, with some older people there and be like, damn, I can't believe that they are able to do that. You know, it's like, and it's inspiring. It's like, wow, I hope when I'm 60, I can do that. I hope I can do that tomorrow, you know? And um, I think you need to inspire this group. And the way you inspire them is by putting it right, right out there in front of them, front and center, because they're not really thinking about the future it's just the way these generations are programmed nowadays um the reasons the reason really to lift when you are younger first of all it's going to make you better at whatever sport or physical activity you do um no badness can come from it it's going to make you better at what you do absolutely i mean plain and simple and it helps to minimize discomfort and pain in the joints. If you keep moving them, if you keep them flexible, you're not going to suffer from that joint pain. A lot of it is futuristic. And again, you know, if you tell them, well, you know, 20 years from now, your muscles are going to waste away, they're going to say, I'll just wait, worry about it then. But to get them to keep them in the moment, I would say the main reason is because strength training is going to make you better at whatever physical activity you currently do. That would be my plain and simple answer. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we, you know, we were talking about life phases and I know we get this question a lot in our um, menopause community in particular about folks who are post menopause and, you know, what about me? Like <laughs> kind of thing, like people who are in their seventies and eighties, actually today, our, the course went on sale today. And I think we've had, we've had quite a few questions in our um, yeah. customer service about the course and, and a couple of people were in their seventies. There was one even in our eighties was like is this course for me you know I've never lifted before um so what are like some of the unique life stage like what what is that does that demographic specifically need if they're starting to lift I think that demographic when you think about them in their 70s and 80s I think you have to think about okay what were they going through as teenagers what were the stigmas and the status quo back then they have an even bigger mountain to climb than we did you know in the in the 70s 80s and 90s um so I think that always has to be in play because what they were I mean in even even in the 70s and 80s you're going to get hurt if you lift weights I think that's probably the biggest thing that they need to overcome because they're feeling, like you said, you know, the apprehension about cartwheeling into your handstand pushup. They're feeling apprehension about doing even the simplest lift. Well, what if I, you know, what if I sprain something? What if my back goes out? And the main thing with them is to get them comfortable with the movements without any weight at all. Like for my, my mother, who's 93, I have her doing deadlifts with milk cartons 
But I had to teach her how to do it without weight first because she had never done it before. She didn't even know what a deadlift was. And I'm like, mom, you do them every day when you pick up the groceries off the floor and you bring them into the house. So you have to first familiarize someone in that age group in particular of how to do the movement without any weight. And then once they get confident and say, yeah, I could do a squat with a broomstick. I can do that. Well, then maybe you try a weighted bar, you know, something that weighs 10 pounds and see if they can do it then. And so you start out with mechanics, build confidence, and then progressively overload. And then they'll feel better about what they're doing and they will get stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about, does lifting affect our lifespan? Hell yes. Does Without it make us live, live longer or do we just live better for the years that we're here? I think it's both. I think it's both because when you look at, and I go into this in module two, about the effects of strength training on the various bodily systems is it improves cardiovascular health and reduces cardiovascular disease. That's interesting. Yeah, it's the number one killer of women in the United States um, is cardiovascular disease. The second is the morbidity and mortality of fracture, hip fractures. And strength training helps cardiovascular disease and it also helps bone density and building muscles so that we can prevent falls. So strength training hits the two big things that are the cause of death and loss of independence in women. So that's what that's why I think it it must not only help us live better, but live longer because you're targeting the things that end our lives, you know, fracture and cardiovascular events. I love that. That was, just, I think you just did our best ad for the course ever, <laughs> you know, uh, I'll look for the, I'll look for the Instagram reel. I'll look for make, the yeah. yeah. You'll live longer. You'll live better while you're alive. It will save you from the two main killers. <laughs> you know, like, this That's is right. a magic, this is a magic pill. <laughs> <Right here. laughs> It kind of is though, right? Like I'm making a joke, but it kind of is. It, it It is, you know, as you, as you said, and I'm like, well, it, it, it is, um, you know, we're looking for all of these fancy supplements and hormone therapy when the solution is right in front of us, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't even need an Olympic weightlifting set to go out and do it. You go to Home Depot and get a sandbag. Um, you know, grab some heavy stuff, you, you know, go out, if you, if you go out on a trail, you know, find a rock to carry, you know, it sounds silly, but you know, this is how cavemen kept in shape. They, there were, there weren't Nautilus machines and gyms way back in, in that era. Um, but that's, you know, there's a lot of functional stuff that you can do, um, even with minimal equipment that are going to get you, um, stronger. Yeah. Sandbags are the bane of my life right now. Do you, do you work out with sandbags at all? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's programmed in my um in my programming, like a zercher carry, you know, it's when you you do a clean and you hold the sandbag up at your chest and you walk and then walk back. Oh, and then yeah. you walk that way. Yeah, yeah. We do walks and squats with them and cleans onto our shoulder like they did at the games last year. But um it's uh it's a new thing. I think we've only had sandbags in our gym since for about a year. So I feel like every time I go, I'm like, sandbags again. <laughs> but it's so functional, right? Like, and that was your point. It was like you don't need fancy equipment necessarily. Like you can even I sometimes like I'm on I'm away from the gym and I'm away on holiday and I've got, you know, you can do all kinds of things with picking up, like you said, a carton of milk. We're even doing yard work. You know, when you think about yard work, mulching your yard is really hard work. If, if there's anybody listening who, who mulches their yard, they know that is hard work. And it's almost like, you know, it's almost like, do, it's, it's like a CrossFit workout, moving furniture. You have to pick up irregular objects and move them places. You might have to drag something or push something. You might have to, you know, lift something up and put it on a big shelf or take it down. Um, or you might have to jump up onto something to get, you know, something up high. It's a it, it, yard work it is, is maintaining a home is CrossFit, you know, in and of itself. It's a similar principle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, Carla, you mentioned you have another course that you um, that you sell online. You just recently helped us make two modules for us out of seven in our strong course. What what is particularly special about the strong course? Do you think? I think special about it in general, or, or what, what is what, unique what about I think. it? What is you unique about it? What's unique about it is that it touches on 
something that is just so symbolic for you know for for women coming up and progressing in this life it's 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 bucking the status quo and you know it's very symbolic of that and it is so essential for health and so it's symbolic you know emotionally and it's also you know such a critical thing for health and i think what may what really makes it is that we take it through every stage of a woman's life and i don't know of any other course that does that any course usually just focuses on one population maybe two you know maybe two but to a make a strength training course just for women and making it specifically for women at different stages, I think is magical. I haven't seen anything else out there like it. I think it's magical too. Um, we, uh, we, and the way, even the way, like in module seven, um, Cassie Neiman put together a program, right? And the way the program, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but the way that it works is like, you can start, if you're very new, you can start with, four weeks of just body weight movements, you know, like zero equipment movements. And then if you're a little bit more advanced, you can start with a, a dumbbells for four weeks as a four week dumbbell program. And then if you're already kind of used to being in a gym, you can start right away in on the barbell program. Um, so it's kind of cool in that way too, because you can like, you know, you can go through, for example, your module about the life stages and go, oh, okay, these might be some of the unique things that I need and then figure out how that works or where your starting point might be on the program as well. So um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I am stoked <laughs> and we launched today. And by the time this comes out, it will still be for sale for ooh, another six days until September 1st for that first cohort. Yeah, that's it's 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 awesome. It really, I really do love the course. You know, if I wasn't part of the course, I probably would have taken it myself, even as someone who has been doing CrossFit for uh, you know, for seven years. But yeah, it's it's great that it's it's for anybody, you know, and I think it's so important to target the women who are really apprehensive to do it. And there's so many reasons why women are. Um, that we've already, you know, we've talked about for the last, um, for the last half hour, hour or so. Um, and so it, it really, it really touches on that and says, this is a safe place. And, but it's also good for people who have some experience with the barbell. Like you said, you can jump into the barbell module if, if you're experienced. So, you know, it's for any woman in any stage of life at any level of fitness, and, you know, it's in a pretty compact course. So it's, you know, it's not like you have to take, you know, this 40 hour course, you know, and spend $500 doing it to get some incredibly, incredibly useful and practical information. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know I've been doing CrossFit for five years. And uh, like I said earlier, uh, my colleague Ellen and I are doing lift and lunch on every Wednesday, every Wednesday, and we're doing the program. And I do, you know, I do another day too of just, just following this simple barbell program, which actually for me, because strength is one of my weaknesses with CrossFit that I, it's super helpful. So yeah, it absolutely is for, for anyone. Um, Carla, I know you have a, you have an amazing newsletter. Um, you have so you're on social media. How do people follow you and learn more from you? So two places people can find me. Uh, one is my website, um, www.drcarlad.com. And um, that just shows, you know, what I do, what my background is. Um, it's got links to this course and it has links to my other menopause health course. Um, and the other way people can find me is uh, through my athletic aging blog. So athletic aging was my original blog. I, I started that about a year and a half ago, and that's directed more toward, you know, women 35 plus midlife women who are really trying to live, thrive, perform at their very, very best. So I created that one for them. And then as my, uh, my career has been evolving um, and more encompassing younger women who are just looking for their performance edge, I created Performance Edge. And that one I launched earlier this year. So that one, um, anybody can benefit from that one, but that one is directed more toward women who are high-performing women, whether they're athletes or whether they're firefighters, police, military, paramedics, anyone in a high physically performing occupation or an athlete um, at any age can benefit from that one. But that one's geared more for, for the younger uh, folk. So that's a, that's a new newsletter? Yeah, I launched it in February. Oh, 
And I, I post in it once a month. I do I do that once a month. Athletic aging, I post in a little more frequently. There's a Monday morning weekly CrossFit style workout. Um, and then every other Thursday is a random topic. It could be a medical update where I'm talking about the latest and greatest in hormone therapy, or it could be something from the, um, you know, the strength medicine society, you know, on, on, on weight training. I just, uh, my last post was, was on hypertrophy, strength and power. Um, so I really run the gamut and, uh, I also do inspirational stories. I have women that I have encountered, um, along the way who just have these incredible stories. Um, and I will feature them, you know, probably once every, every few months. So there's some really cool inspirational stories in there too. So, um, so that's my athletic aging blog. And then you'll find me on Instagram at Dr. Carla D it's at Dr. Underscore Carla underscore D and I'm on Facebook just by name. And, uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Cool. Well, yes, I definitely have read a number of your newsletters and find them very, I, I must, I especially gravitate to the ones that are on a topic, you mm -hmm. know, or to, yep. based around the research. And so when I was, you know, before we jumped on here, I was just looking back through some of your recent, oh, there's a lot of actually super practical um, training, <laughs> training stuff, like actually what to do in here as well, which I didn't, I don't think I really took that in. So yeah, it's super useful for both the practical side and the more theoretical side of, of fitness and, you know, life goals. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad it's helpful. It's my goal is to make it practical. And so many times when I post something, it's because I've experienced it myself, you know, because I'm part of that audience that that blog is intended for. And I'm experiencing all the same things, you know, that that everybody else is. Um, so I'm no different. I'm no different than the people that I reach with my blog. And so if I experience something, I make sure I blog about it. Um, because, you know, it helps me not feel so alone. It's therapeutic for me. Um, but I think it's helpful for other people too, to know that, Hey, you know, this person is, is feeling what I'm feeling and, you know, maybe this will help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it absolutely does help people. So Carla, thank you so much. Thank you for being part of our course and being an amazing expert and for talking to us today as well. We appreciate you so much here at Feisty. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. And it was a privilege to be part of this course. Thank you for the invite. Thank you.